Salutations and shit, guys. Welcome to another episode of Travel and Shit, your new favorite travel podcast, where we talk more about the what was learned from travel as opposed to the how travel was done. So um, thanks for all the old listeners. Welcome to all the new listeners. Glad y'all are fucking with the kid. Um, If you don't already, make sure to follow on the Instagrams so that you could see real cute and soon to come thotty um, beach pictures. I got a vacation coming in June um, on somebody's beach. Don't know where yet. Uh, Oh, underscore D carry the letter D C A R R I E. Probably helpful right there. Um, yeah, that's it. Say what's up. So I know who you are, where you're from and, uh, follow some of you back. Thanks. And so on to this week's episode, I got a guest y'all. Hi guest. Hi. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi everyone. Um, my name is Anika Jacobs. Um, and I was invited to this podcast and I'm really excited to be here. Cause you be traveling and shit. I'll be traveling and shit. Cause you know, (laughs) around, around. So tell the people about you outside of your, uh, traveling. So they get a feel for who you are when you tell your travel stories. Okay. So, um, I'm a Capricorn. I love long walks <laughs> on the beach. No. Um, so I am from Brooklyn. Boop, boop. BK yeah. all day, every day. I'm 32 years old. I currently am a uh, working in hospitality, and I'm about to go to dental school. Hey. Yes. Um, and that's really it about me. Like I said, I'm a Capricorn. Mm-hmm. Love science. Ooh. Hate math. Same. I know. It's that's horrible. why I didn't become a doctor. It was Sister Kitsy's chemistry no. class. She fucked it up for oh, the I world. Did, actually, did I minored in mm. chemistry? Oh. Actually, <laughs> but oh. it wasn't that bad. Was there wasn't mean. a lot of math. It was. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry, but I didn't minor in physics. That's a lot of math. Okay. Um, and you know, an avid reader. Okay. Um, what are you reading now? I actually just finished a book today. It's called Stay With Me. I have it in my bag. I feel is that they turn it into a movie? I think I, f- I feel like I've seen the movie. I don't know if there's a movie. I I, I picked it up about a month ago from mm-hmm. Cafe Con Libros. Whoop whoop! Shout out Black Owned Business. Where is that? It's in Brooklyn. Okay. On... Well, actually, mm, yeah. Go ahead. Well, we can give them, we'll give them a plug. <laughs> I was like, hold on, we ain't getting no money, <laughs> but we plug the black folks. Oh. Um, yeah, so I picked up the book about a month I know what ago. that means, actually, now that you, I'm, like, thinking about Café Con Yes. Libros. It's like, oh, book it, call me. Yes, Café Con Libros. Oh. <laughs> um, and it's really good. I actually just finished it on a train today. Okay. So. I just started, um, back up with Homie Don't Play That. Oh. It is so, so good. So okay. good. It was, um, I heard about it on, uh, Friend Zone. Okay. Uh, Fran was reading it and I picked it up and it's a real easy read. Like it's just, I get easily distracted. So I'm just like, Oh, something else. I need. Let's start something else. Got go it. Ahead. So, um, yeah, math, I think that's not your thing. Not my science. Definitely. Your alley. Not, yeah. Science is my thing. Love to read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what else do you want to know? Well, what's your travel style? I'm definitely um, an easygoing type traveler. I'm mm-hmm. not a hotel or resort type traveler. Same. I actually hate them so much. <laughs> um, but if you know, if I'm traveling with someone and that's their travel style, I'm flexible about it. Mm-hmm. Are you more a solo traveler or are you a group traveler? Um, eh, when you say group, mm-hmm. that's like more than two people. 
<laughs> that's like five I think people. a one person is a group in my uh, mind. Like I'm like I don't like traveling with people. Mm-hmm. Just hey friends, like you, but love you, but ah, the travel thing. It just I don't know. It just doesn't really doesn't appeal to me. Like when people are like, oh, that looks so nice. Let me know when the next the next trip is. I'm like. Well, the good thing Mm. about that is like most times people don't show up anyways. So you end up going by yourself. Um, But I I can say that I'm pretty flexible. I have done quite a few solo trips just because people People don't show up. Don't show (laughs) up. Um, But definitely I'm down to travel with people. I've been fortunate enough to find some really good travel people that, you know, we gel, our styles match. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's a blessing. But I'm honestly, I could go alone. I could go with somebody. I really don't have a preference. Okay. I'm down for some future like boo loving trips, like vacations and shit. Oh yeah, that would be nice. I mean, I just don't, I've gone to, I've only done two trips with other people. I've done Miami and I've done, I almost said Alaska, uh, Canada. Okay. And we had a great fucking time in Canada, Mm -hmm. but we ended up really bumping heads by like the third day of being together 24 hours. That is... I think it's important when you travel with people to give people their space. You don't have to do everything together. Mm -hmm. Just because you're traveling together doesn't mean that y'all have to do like all the same activities. Because I'm definitely a water, swimmy, jumpy, Mm -hmm. adventure kind of person. Sometimes I might travel with somebody who's not into it, but I'm going to go do it anyway. Right. I'm going to let you know how it is when I come back. Okay. And then we can go eat dinner. And see, she was down for all of that and... She, but she was also a shopper. I'm not really a shopper. Oh, I'm not a shopper. I don't want to go to town more than once is enough for me. Right. But it's like we went every fucking afternoon. And it's just like, bruh, they don't got enough for my money. I don't want to do this anymore. Right, right, right. But um, one rental car. And it's definitely a very drivey kind of place. And so if we're on our way back from someplace, it's mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, now we're doing this again. Oh, great. But we're still best of friends now. So yeah. it's just like, even though I... That's one thing that I was able to learn. Thanks, Chris. Even though um, part of it can go downhill, once it comes back uphill, you don't have to go back down that hill again. Yeah. So that made for the rest of the trip being much more enjoyable. We really did have a good time and there's absolutely no love lost. So even though it's like you may have like a real iffy Mm -hmm. portion Mm -hmm. of it that's not to i guess deter anybody from doing group trips or traveling with other people right um and maybe that's not as much of a thing if you're in a group like i've never done except for that one trip in miami which was like with my ex's sisters like i still got along with them marvelously so the three of us went to miami but they were very like you have to stay with us all the time just because you know what i mean big sister thing so (laughs) and all and it's miami so all of brooklyn is in miami at the same time every time everybody there's something in miami so it's like all my friends from school were there Mm -hmm. so i'm like oh um my niggas is doing this i want to go do this and like no you came with us you leave with us oh yeah i don't know them so you have i'm just like I've never been oh, in a see. situation like that, like where I felt like I had to stay. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure if I was, I would definitely be honest about it. like, I, listen, we we is grown. Nah. We is full grown adults. Was I full grown, full grown? I you was, was grown enough. If was you was grown. in Miami, you was grown enough. I was maybe 23. That is me. 
23, I mean, you couldn't up. tell me I wasn't full grown then. Right. <laughs> like, you was out there. So, yes, I, I haven't been on a trip like that. I've actually only been on, I went on one group trip okay. um, in 2016. There was eight of us. We went to Sweden and Iceland. Oh, nice. And we had mad fun. Like, it was honestly, out of all of the trips I had done, it was just fun to go with such a, a dynamic, such a dynamic group of people. Um, so, yeah, I had a good time. Love Sweden. Now, were these friends that you knew from traveling, like friends that you know to travel or friends that you already had and decided to travel with? Um, they were friends I already had and decided okay. to travel with. Okay. Yeah. So were these like long term friends or like friends that like you'd like new friends? Um, well, one was my cousin and then okay. one friend I had met a few years prior to that. And the rest of them I had known for quite some time. So the word was put out, yo, we trying to go to Iceland and Sweden. Y'all coming? Yup. Mm -hmm. Everybody put their money. Whoever didn't, didn't make it. Whoever did mm -hmm. and just had a good time. Okay. Because in my mind, I'm thinking on those different friend groups. Definitely I'm different. thinking of like the friends that I've had like for all of my life, like the friends that aren't friends, the mm -hmm. friends that are more like family because... Mm -hmm. You make them when you're like five. You don't have a choice right. on who your friends are. Like, so we're in the same class. We're going to be friends for the next 15 years. Maybe. So those <laughs> Maybe. friends, except for the ones that kind of fall off along the way. So I'm thinking of those friends versus like friends that I've made in the past year or friends that I've made in the past five years and mm -hmm. 10 years of my life or even like 15 years from like high school. Shit, when did I graduate? That's longer than 15, I think. Uh, we're like high school friends, right. college friends and shit. And I'm definitely seeing how different groups of friends. I Like, you know how you can't invite certain friends like to the club and then certain friends you can't do group meals with. So, well, I um, <laughs> the way I feel truthfully is like if you're fortunate enough to still have friends that you had from your childhood, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. I have one friend from my childhood my best friend Devin shout out woo -woo. hey um but I haven't retained too many friends from childhood okay um no for no particular reason other than we just probably grew apart mm -hmm. and don't share the same interests anymore um so the people that I have in my circle now I've pretty much you know gotten at some point in my adulthood whether it was it was in college mm -hmm. or like after and obviously I think when you're older you know, you have just m much more self-awareness and then yeah. the people you choose, get they're mm -hmm. easily gelable <laughs> with you. So, okay. And, tr uh, and interestingly, right. True. Right. And interestingly enough, I have never traveled anywhere with my best friend and oh. we've known each other since we were 12. I've okay. never been anywhere with him, never gone on a trip. When I lived abroad, I asked him to come abroad and he never made it. So, <laughs> yeah, like we're still friends. Okay, so jump into that when you lived abroad. Well, where did you live? Why were you there? What did you do? Go for um, it. I lived in South Korea, not North. People always ask me and I'm like, obviously, I did not right. live in North Korea. Um, I was there for two years. I was teaching English and I throw up air quotes. <laughs> yes. Lots of, <laughs> lots of air quotes because, yo, like, honestly, anybody who teaches English in Korea and you know, obviously I can't speak for everyone, but I met quite a few expats that were doing it. And the truth is, like, I think we're really just there to be cultural ambassadors because okay. their teaching style, the whole pedagogy, it's very different mm -hmm. um, from ours over here. It's a lot of rote memorization. So I just feel like... What's that? That's just a lot of, like, 
I am going to the store. Repeat, I am going to the store. Like it's just a Got lot it. of repetitive memorization and I don't I don't feel like that's it's not yeah how you're ever gonna learn language. Mm-hmm. Um so really during my time there, more than teaching English, I did a lot of cultural teaching. Okay. Um which which for me was just much more fulfilling than anything else. And what was what did that look like? That looked like explaining to my students that I was black, but mm-hmm. not dark skinned because they couldn't ah. understand. Um, they were like, but teacher, how? And they used to be like point to the skin and they used to be like, but I don't get it. You're not mm-hmm. like you're not black. And I'm like, no, but I'm black. And just the idea of like being mixed race, they didn't really know much about that. They don't see a lot of people right. of color, obviously, because Korea is just a very like homogenous, you know, mm-hmm. everybody. I don't want to say everybody looks the same because that's obviously a racist but everybody (laughs) looks similar Mm -hmm. um there's not a lot of variety so seeing people of color is always like wow and then seeing somebody who's black but not black is like (gasps) like how and then hispanic forget about it like they were like mexican and i'm like no not quite (laughs) (laughs) not quite it's not mexican um so just like teaching them about that you know they really didn't they don't know much about racism in america um just understanding those things and the dynamics between different racial groups and Mm -hmm. you know just understanding like my version of blackness because obviously there's not one version so yeah I taught them a lot of that I taught them about Hispanicness, if that's not really a word, but you know, just Puerto Rico, they had no idea where it was. They mm-hmm. didn't, never heard of it, my students at least. Now, so. who, what was the demographic of your students? Were they like um, elementary age, high school, adults? Um, so the first year I was there, I actually taught at three different schools. I taught at uh, elementary school mm-hmm. two days a week, um, a high school one day a week, and a middle school the rest of the days. And then on the weekends, I did adult classes. Okay. So I had a full spectrum of um of uh, age groups Mm -hmm. and they all seem to have the same like minimal understanding of the same thing but understandably so right um and then my second year I taught only middle school Mm -hmm. and that was nice did they (laughs) seem like receptive to the like were they asking you for the information or did they kind of just go with the flow kind of thing? Were they interested? Were they like, Oh, tell me more. What's this about? Cause you know, how you can kind of explain something to somebody and like, Oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. So, okay, well, what's next? Is there a syllabus? Right. Like I, I have a list of things <laughs> that I'm the words I'm supposed to know now. And you did all this. You speak to them in English, correct? Like you- I did. So usually you have a co-teacher who is Korean and mm-hmm. she sp- speaks English. And I say speaks because that's questionable but she (laughs) understands enough to hear what you're saying and translate to the students and I say she because I most of my co-teachers were women I never had okay um there were hardly any male teachers honestly so yeah sometimes it depends on what group honestly Mm -hmm. like my high school students were not interested in anything until I showed them a movie and then it was like this flood of questions and I was like it was coach Carter that's the one with um Denzel Denzel, right yeah so I showed them coach Carter and they were like oh my god like they were crying they just couldn't believe they were like why teacher why and I was like and I was like because the world hates us no but yeah I was just like trying to explain to them the whole concept and then after that there there were a lot of questions after that Um, my middle school students were very very curious I think just that age group yeah yeah 
And then my elementary school students, they just wanted to play. So mm-hmm. we played a lot, like pretty much. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So how did you overall like enjoy the experience? Would you go back to teach maybe in another country or? Um, well, what I did discover during my time was that teaching was absolutely not my life's work. Mm. Um, not that I thought it was anyway, but I, I wouldn't say that I didn't enjoy it. It was a great experience, but I wouldn't teach again. Maybe if it was like an adults. Okay. Um, but in a school, it's, yeah, no, I wouldn't teach again. Would I live abroad? Absolutely. But teaching. What about it didn't you like? Was it the teaching aspect or was it more so the way maybe the company uh, facilitated the teaching or was it, it like, is there anything identifiable about it that you didn't like? Um, I think it, just- it was a combination of all of those things. I think. To, to be honest with you, to teach, and I think this is anywhere in the world, I tip my hat to teachers mm-hmm. because I think they're amazing. And I think boop, boop. that my mama was a teacher. Ow, go, mommy. She was ow. the best, the hood champion. Out here changing lives. Sure did. She was one of those teachers. Right. And I think in order to be an amazing teacher and a really effective teacher, yeah. you have to be committed to it in your heart. Like, I'm pretty sure if an amazing committed teacher went there their students would understand english mm-hmm. you know in in the year that they were teaching admittedly and ashamedly i was not that committed i just wasn't like and it's they don't you know the schools because it's a public school system they don't really push that type of commitment Got it's it. like here's a book here's a cd mm-hmm. put it in the computer show this little like minju goes to school video <laughs> yes these are real names and then you know just teach the kids you know so did you how did you get into this what are the uh, requirements like do you have to know any Korean do you just kind of what made you want to do this well interestingly enough um I was working at a job and a young lady at the job got a job, another job in um, Spain. And she said she was going to teach English. And I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. Like how, how, how? And she had given me the information and I looked into it and I had missed the mark for that one. And I would have had to wait another eight months. And, um, you know, I was like, I can't wait. I was at a point in life where I felt like the goals that I had, I wasn't like working hard enough to get toward them. I kind of felt stuck. Okay. And so I was like, I got to do something. Like I need to, I need to do something amazing. So it needs I, to be a shift. It needs to be a shift. And so I actually went on Google and I Googled teaching abroad. Okay. And I got sent to like Craigslist. So I followed the Craigslist link and yeah, I found Craigslist. teach Craigslist, Craigslist change right. your life, change your lives. <laughs> and then so I clicked on the link and then it was like teach English in Korea. And I was like, oh, yeah, like I can do that. Now, what was it about Korea? Is it because that's the one that you found at the time that you were ready to go? Or was there like, uh, I like this over this or I like the weather or like did any... Um, well, there were options for Korea and China. Okay. Um, that I saw, I think I saw one in like Abu Dhabi or something like that. And out of the three, I was like, "Mm, I don't know if I really want to go to China. They have smog. I don't know about that. And then I was like, "Uh, Abu Dhabi, it might be really hot. Mm -hmm. So... Korea sounds okay. And that's really like how I ended up. And I used to work for um, something called a Hagwon, which is like a private um, tutoring. Okay. It's like a Korean. And I used to work for one oh, here wow. in Long Island. Yeah. And so I had called my old boss and I was like, what do you think? He's like, I say you should go. Mm-hmm. And so that's pretty much how that happened. Their birth. 
right a teacher abroad right what do they train you or do you just they just like okay say something in english well you know english come (laughs) teach (laughs) so there's absolutely no training the way it works basically in uh teaching english in korea you can actually teach in a private place which is a hagwon okay or you can teach for the public program they have two of them one is epic and one is gepic and those are just like public schools they get money to bring these teachers from abroad Mm -hmm teachers quote quote unquote and teach English um and so I chose public school and you apply and they call you for an interview on Skype and if you sound like a native speaker Mm -hmm. then you pretty much you have to be a native speaker you have to have a bachelor's degree Mm -hmm. um if you have a bachelor's degree in English like I do you you get paid more if you have a master's degree you get paid more um and if you have a degree in teaching like just those things you could have a bachelor's in anything so i qualify basically you're qualified got it you speak english and you have a bachelor's degree you can go tomorrow so that's basically it that's those are the qualifications um and then there's no training they just you know there's a lot of paperwork obviously and then you just you you fly out you fly out and you get ready and you don't get flewed out you gotta you you know you get flewed out i got flewed out i got flewed out girl they paid for my flying earth thing (laughs) yes they did i was on that plane crying the whole time but why because it was scary i was 20 i don't remember how old i was like 23 okay a 24 probably and i was leaving home everything that i knew out of like and it was kind of like an abrupt decision it right it was a very abrupt decision moment, like yeah so guys it's been great but I'm right to Korea. That, that's literally <laughs> how it happened like in november or december i decided and i was gone in february so oh, that's like tomorrow kind of thing right right and so you i went happy new year right Passing Bye. That box, i'm packing right wow. and it was just like it and was how long really, were you committed to being there i was committed for a year <gasps> i was committed for a year and my mom i remember when i left my mom was like you really think you're gonna make it a year i was like i don't know she's like well you can always come home right and then but damn like I, you set out to be gone for a year i did i did yeah i'd cry I was crying. I cried the whole ride. And I actually met a really nice uh, Korean chick who I still talk to. And she was a flight attendant. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. She gave me tissue. She's like, are you okay? I was like, I'm okay. (laughs) It's just, you know, I cried the whole time. But I ended up actually not coming home for two years. So, wow. Yeah. So what made you stay a, a year longer? Um, I was having mad fun, honestly. I was partying until five o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. feeling mad safe, drinking all the alcohol, feeling mad safe. Um, and the lifestyle, the quality of life. It okay. was just such a better quality of life. I didn't feel like I'm from New York. You know what I mean? I, I can't speak for nowhere else in the US, but this is a rat race here. Mm-hmm. Like you got to be hard, tough. You got to make it. You know what I mean? You got to hustle. You got to grind. You got to figure out you know, unless you're born into a trust fund, you have to figure out how to make it. Right. Um, and I just didn't have to do that. I got up, I went to my little job, I talked to them and I only worked till three o'clock. And then, right, right. You know what I mean? I got mad vacation and I'm traveling all over the world. Like, and I'm saving money because I don't pay rent. There's no, right. They pay for all of your accommodate. Right. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> I quit tomorrow. Tomorrow. I quit. Right. All you got to, my first year, I lived in a very small town. Um, and there were only three other expats in the town. Mm. And my light bill, my first light bill was $12. And I was getting paid 2500 a month. So I really just stacked bread the entire what? time. Yeah, I was stacking mad bread, bruh. Stacking bread. Fuck. Pretty much. So... That's what I did the whole time. And okay. then if you work like 
holidays or you decide mm-hmm. to do like an after school program, you get more money. So, you know, sometimes you come home with $3,500 and you're only spending about, you know, 500 on whatever fuck shit like right wait, 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 give me the whole bottle right right Eating everybody getting cheap. in on me like right oh, everything incredible. was yeah everything was cheap so there's really no reason mm-hmm. like once you're there and you get over the shock of yes. being in another country and being so far away from everything that you've known honestly mm-hmm. when once you see the quality of life is so much better it's kind of like eh. it's an easy style. like yes i miss black people dearly dearly i miss platanos i miss arroz con gandules i miss roti but you know like i you know they mad nigerians in korea i found plantains yes really yes, yes. this is like when um marsh do you know marsha uh marsha yes That's, yes yes so, marsha's my emo oh hey marsha hey marsha boo so she came she was on maybe two weeks ago and she was telling me about her trip to um Kenya and she was saying there's mad Chinese people in Kenya. Yeah. Was it Kenya? I think it was Kenya. Pretty she sure went to Kenya. Kenya. And it was like, she was like, yeah, they're like providing mad services out there and yeah. they, they live there. And I'm like, I don't yeah. know why it was just such a foreign concept for me to think that Chinese people will live someplace other than China, China? and America. <laughs> nah, they everywhere, bro. I was in Guinea like back in uh, September mm. and um, Chinese people everywhere. They got a whole Chinatown. Wow. Mary. I see little Chinese African babies everywhere. They was all over the place. Wow. Because I know they travel hard. Like they, they And they go by the bus. Like wherever I've gone, there's always been a Chinese tour available to book. Or there's always been mm-hmm. just random 30 Chinese people together. <laughs> random 30 Chinese people. You know, people. just like touring and seeing the world. God bless them. We, right. They're out here too. Right. But the I don't know why it's such a foreign concept for me to... Oh, niggas live here too. Well, China's economy is growing rapidly. Mm -hmm. um, And there's a lot of investment happening, especially in the Caribbean and in West Africa. So it's it's not um, unheard of to see our Chinese brethren out there doing their thing because they had mad businesses when I was in Guinea. Actually, that's where I got all the Western products when I was there. I, I wanted some Oreos really bad. And wow, okay. I was in the Chinese, in China man market. Huh. I was very Play excited. The plug. He was the plug and I was all very right, excited. I hear that hot shit. Mm-hmm. So while you were in Korea, you being of three expats, what was it like in sense in a sense of community like how did you feel like if you did like did you feel like you belonged did you feel like it was easy to make friends were they welcoming to you there as teacher or they welcoming to you there as anika like what was the experience like for you well um (laughs) the expat community was literally me and three other people mike Stephen and Brad. Oh wow! All guys. Exactly. Okay. Hey, all, and they all sound like, "Hey, bro. Hey, yeah. dude." Well, Brad was South African, oh, and the right other, brother. Yeah, and the other He's two. Totally white. Was he white? Yeah, they were all white. Okay. Um, and Mike and Stephen were both white from America. Mm-hmm. Um, all three of them super cool guys. Uh, what I what I did realize during my time was that I had a lot of walls. Mm. Um, it's and a lot of, a lot of. You know, like, oh, we're not the same. Like, what can, what do we really have in in common kind of shit going on? And so it took a while to like 
kind of break down some of those barriers. Because truth be told, I don't have no white friends. Not here. And it's not by choice. I just don't really, I ain't grow up around white people. I don't have no white friends because I don't really see white people like that. So going abroad, most of the expats that I met were white Mm -hmm. um, for obvious reasons Mm -hmm. because that's just... Something that's posed to them as an option. Right, exactly. Um, And so... Were they welcoming? Yeah. I never felt like I wasn't welcome at all. I I did feel like, oh, you know, I wish that I could joke with them about shit that Mm -hmm. they would understand. But honestly, I ended up becoming really, really good friends with Brad, um, who just had a baby. Congratulations, Brad. I love babies. This baby's so cute. So cute. He's so cute. His name is Tiger Young. He's so cute. Um, so yeah, we actually be- ended up becoming really, really, really good friends. And Mike as well. Um, Mike is now living in China. Okay. So did I feel welcomed? Yes. Um, did I feel welcomed by Koreans? Yes. I never felt mm. like I wasn't welcomed by Koreans. Um, I, I always just felt, you, truth be told, I always felt a little resistance toward other Americans. Um, I just became really good friends with mad South Africans. I don't know. We just understood each other. Okay. We clicked and it was like, yeah, like. I, I I get us mm-hmm. um, whether they were white black colored because colored is a term yes. for them not us um, yeah we just we kicked it so okay. so from South Korea what because you said you did traveling did. and a lot of just really fun stuff mm-hmm. where were you able to see from there like what kind of places did you go to um, I went I visited most of Southeast Asia mm-hmm. um you know, Thailand, those countries. And I did Japan twice, Mm. which I loved Japan, loved, um, I didn't like Tokyo too much. Sorry, Tokyo. Just because like, I feel like if you're from New York City, another big city for me as a traveler, it's not my travel style. Right. Um, Yeah. So, but I loved other parts of Japan. Um, From there, mostly Southeast Asia. Okay. Because it was just that vibe, like Malaysia. Oh my God. Like my, I went to Malaysia for 18 days by myself and it was the most phenomenal, like shit I had ever. Beaches, like, you know, the little postcards? Yeah. That's Malaysia. Straight up. The food, the people, everything was dope. Loved it. Okay. Um, But I didn't go to Europe until later Mm -hmm. after I came back to America. So while you were in... Malaysia, because I'm thinking like, I know I haven't, I have a week coming up in June, right? Mm-hmm. And I just know I want to be on the beach. I just don't want to wear clothes. I, w- I say go for it. And my only thing is in my head, if mm-hmm. I were to go someplace like Bali or Malaysia or something, it's one, it's mad far to get there. Right. And But two, it's like, other than literally relaxing on a beach, what is there to do? Like... That is hard to ask me because <clears throat> I am a beach traveler. Okay. I love water. If there's water, I will find it. Um, but what did I do in Malaysia? Well, I, I did a lot of scuba diving. <laughs> so, yeah, like I scuba dived at least five different on five different occasions. Oh, wow. Um, in like different locations? Yeah, or different. you generally lo- went to like the same place? Well, no, 18 went, days, I'm assuming you went like different places. Yeah. And stuff. Okay. I went to several different locations. So I spent the first time of my um, first couple of days, I want to say like four days in Kuala Lumpur, mm-hmm. just seeing different you know, different sites, different touristy things. Honestly, mostly eating because the food in Malaysia is fucking phenomenal. Mm. You know, there's a mix of like the Chinese, the Indian and the okay. native. Ooh. Bruh, 
Bruh, the noodles, the rice, everything was bomb. Starches up my alley. Up my alley. Meats, everything, Mongolian, everything. So Mm. I spent a majority of my time in Kuala Lumpur eating. Um, And then from there, I went to Kota Kinabalu, which is like Mm -hmm. another part, but it's on an island. And I did a couple of, you know, touristy things, did some eating. I went to the Batu kind of, Caves. Uh, oh, I've heard of those. Yeah. What kind of touristy things do they have, though? Like, like temples? Temples, are, Like, yeah. just, like, visibly <clears throat> noteworthy places, like this archway or this, like, building has been really well known for housing this, 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 and, like, that kind of stuff? Or is it, like, because I'm, like, like you had mentioned earlier, I want to mm. do shit. Like, I want to climb something. Let me walk right. through something. And um, I like museums. Right. And um, what other kind of shit do I like doing? And then I like randomly walking through, like, your little city. That's my thing. Like, just get lost. Like, just, That's just my thing. walk. That's my thing. Randomly. I. So, truth is, that trip was in 2013. And mm-hmm. I cannot remember everything I did. I know I went to the feeling. Batu Caves. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to Georgetown, which is like a part that was colonized. There's a lot of like old British structures. Um, I did a lot of... There's like a train that goes through the, the canopy. I did that. Um, what else did I do? I did a lot of diving, honestly. Okay. And that's one thing I've never done. Yeah. I mean, I, when I went to Korea, I actually became a certified scuba diver and that's like one of my favorite things. Um, so I couldn't, I don't remember every single thing I did, but there are definitely some Hindu temples that are noteworthy. There's some beautiful mosques that you should see. Um, but if you only have a week, I wouldn't go all the way to Malaysia because it's going to take you like three days to get there Mm -hmm. and then another two to get back. Um, so yeah. Okay. That's not on the list for now. Right. Well, that's right. the long list and not the short right. list. Exactly. Okay. In my head, that's uh, like a vacation kind of thing. Nah, like, what? I went alone. I don't, don't, nah. Don't, <laughs> even, don't even. I went all by myself. There was no bay in sight. No bay in sight. Uh, I wanted. Um, huh, I don't know why. Like, d- decisions are my thing. Like, I don't really do. I. Mm, until now i have a difficult time with decisions in general but i've been getting better at just being okay being wrong mm-hmm. all right so like i'd seen a meme someplace that was like um if you what was it i wore I, my head that i saved it but something along the lines of if you have a hard time making a choice because you feel like you're going to be missing out or that something catastrophic is going to happen if you choose one thing or over the other that's kind of like saying the universe is going to punish you for um you know making a certain decision Mm -hmm. and it just doesn't really work like that it's just whatever's for you is for you and things don't happen to you they happen for you and stuff like that so i've been trying to talk myself into just deciding and letting go all it's travel that, you don't story. have to give it too much thought you just yo literally mad times when i decide to go away i legit and this is not even a lie i google world map and i just look at it and i'll be like mm, that seems like a dope place to go or i'm like on somebody's instagram and they have a picture and mm-hmm. it looks like it's nice haiti is supposed to be where haiti is on where my I list i really want to go but right now it's a lot going on and this uh, is sounding like a lot of excuses a lot of reasons I for no. me to not this, go one on of my vacation. Haitian friends told me his dad was like yo don't come home right now like it's a little tense right here really like yeah and I, that made me kind of like yo if 
Haitian do the same. If Haitian like, dad said it, then yeah, it must then be maybe true. I should stay my American ass here. Like, no, nah, I don't know. Fuck that. I'm still going. So, what has been like one of the scariest travel experiences you've had? Um, it was when I was in Malaysia. Even though I had an amazing trip, I was in Malaysia, and it was I was in Kuala Lumpur mm-hmm. during the first leg of my trip, and this mad creepy fucking Indian dude started following me, legit. And I, first I was like, "Is he following me?" And then I'm like, "Nah, he not following me." Then I'm like, I'm walking, and I go into a mall, and he goes into the mall behind me, and I'm like. Nah, he's not following me. Then I go into a store and he's still behind me. And then and then I realized like, wait, he's following me. So I decided to go in a restaurant and sit down. And he came in the restaurant and sat down. I was like, nah, get the fuck out of here. So I turned around. I was like, why are you following me? And he just ran away. But it was really scary because... Yeah. I'm I'm a single woman traveling alone and I, like men following you is just right. I don't know how many other men are with you. I don't know what your right. What is this post is this follow plans setup? are? Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. I don't know. So I'm just like, uh, so I turned around and he just kind of ran away. And then it happened to me again. It's in in Kuala Lumpur again at the end of my trip when I came back to fly back to Korea. It was an African dude this time. And I was like, why are you following? following me and he just like scurried away and i was like what the fuck is wrong with people here y'all need to follow if you don't be don't be fucking following me i will beat y'all up but yeah it was pretty oh that would be ooh. yeah that whole what is your post following right what are your post following (laughs) plans like i don't know what you're trying to do people get kidnapped every day right right and out of sight right oh that's good left right and out of sight right nah i ain't trying to be out of nowhere that might be the title left right and out of sight and i feel like i was mad far away from home yeah ain't not like coming in Aruba, I'm in Malaysia. Like what? Nah, it's gonna take my mom a minute to get out here to mm-hmm. try to come get me. Right? I don't know. My mom would be the one to come get me. She, my dad, not so much. She, God bless him. He would mm. probably try, but I feel like she'd be more effective. Right, she was a probably. flight attendant for a while, so oh yeah. Like, so then she got it. She got it. And I, I know feel my like, mom was not with the shit. She used to be like, "How long is the flight?" I can't smoke no cigarettes. Right. I ain't coming. <laughs> I used to be like, yo, you can't. What you mean? Like, obviously, you can't smoke on a flight. She's like, it's too long without a cigarette. I can't do it. So. No. So, what was one of, so we did scary. What was one of, like, your most maybe endearing trips? Or, you know what? Better yet, what was something that you feel you grew the most from? Like, what one of your trips you grew the most in? Oh, I remember for my... 26th sixth yes my 26th birthday um i went to tokyo with my friend naz and brad from south africa and his brother and my birthday's on december 31st Aww. so yeah it's fun fun so we went to this amazing party like yo when i tell you amazing legit like bitches hanging off the roof type shit. Yo, Cirque du Soleil. Oh, that's so yes, fun. It was amazing. And I remember like right after or before, I don't remember. I think it was after. Yeah, after the the countdown, they let down all these balloons. And I remember standing there in the middle being like, yo, it, it's my fucking 26th birthday, my nigga. And I'm in, in Tokyo. In some bomb ass In some bomb ass Bitches in the ceiling. Like I just it was such a surreal experience. And I remember thinking in that moment, like, 
I could have never imagined when I was a little girl sitting on my stoop in Brooklyn that I would ever be here. Mm -hmm. I could have never imagined even seeing this part of the world. And just in that moment, um, I, I just... For me, that was a very like life changing moment because after that, I felt so much more powerful mm. um, because I felt like the world was now accessible to me. It wasn't just like this thing that only people with money did right. and, you know, only people who had certain things could do. It was something I could do, too. Mm-hmm. And that's just a, I think for people of color specifically, that's a very powerful right. um idea to have you know that yes we have accessibility yes we can do these things too you know this shit is possible and from there on it really changed my idea of what was possible for my life period wow yeah so what had your travel experiences been like before then had you been to korea at that point yeah i was living in korea at that point yeah i was living there um and i had traveled quite a bit at that point because i was there for about a year and a half Mm -hmm. at that point so yeah Ultimately, what made you come home from Korea? Like, why did you not stay any longer? Um, my mom passed oh, away. I'm so sorry. No, no worries. So you didn't know. Nobody knew. Um, so my mom passed away and I had to come home. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Right. Life. Life, life is one right. life. Life is life and people, people. The so world bef- is rolling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, Melvin. <laughs> so before Korea, what had your travels look like? Like, had you traveled before or? I had. I had. Okay. Um, I had traveled a bit mostly in the caribbean um i had gone to spain with my mom mm-hmm. at met, but i was very young mm-hmm. so yeah i didn't really like i hadn't had much travel experience up okay. to that point that was the furthest i had ever been but you'd been someplace before i have been someplace okay. yeah, yeah yeah so after um your experience in korea and tokyo moved you what has your experience been as a traveler after being expat um (laughs) the biggest issue and i say issue because it's really a thing after living abroad is there's always a longing to live abroad Mm. um as much as i love new york and i love brooklyn every time i go somewhere i love well first of all every time i go somewhere my first thought is could i live here oh that is my thought because i think that I'm always looking for the next place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I think that's, that's an issue because you're never satisfied. You know what I mean? Like until you live somewhere else and then it's like, Oh, and I want to live here and I want to travel there. And mm-hmm. so I think that's the biggest issue after being an expat. You always want to be an expat. So where have you traveled that you feel like you could live? Uh, Cuba. Same. Yeah. I fucking loved Cuba. Yeah. I love I went to Cuba twice, loved it. Um, but even more than Cuba, I loved Bahia. Mm. I went to Brazil this year for my birthday and I went specifically to Bahia. I also went to Rio and Sao Paulo, but I loved Bahia. Bahia mm. was like I mean, imagine like just everything that is beautiful about being black that's in Bahia. Honestly. Like it's it's actually like cuba okay um so if you love cuba you will love bahia the difference i think for me was you know obviously like food language and just um you know it's a little more abundant okay than cuba but pretty much they're along the same lines but it's i feel like brazil is just so expensive to live no well even visiting so i would assume like to live as well um no when i was in brazil i felt like 
things weren't that pricey. So it's just the flight getting there. It's going to be a little grippy. Yeah, but even the flight. Well, I obviously during the time of year that I go, it's expensive because it's like Christmas, New Year's. Right. That's my birthday. It's it's just a pricey time. You're just prepared but, to spend that anyway. Yeah, but when I was looking at flights later on, like around um, April, mm-hmm. it wasn't that pricey. Maybe like seven hundred dollars. So and that's return, like going mm-hmm. and coming. So yeah, nah. And then food, okay. everything. Like I don't feel like I spent mad money in Brazil. Okay. Yeah. And you said earlier you're not really a resort. I don't know if we were on it. Were we on when we were recording when you said you don't really like uh, resorts and stuff? Yeah, yeah. So throughout most of your travels, do you do Airbnbs or do. do you do like hostels? I always do Airbnbs. I've done okay. hostels um, before Before Airbnb was really popular. Like when I was living in Korea and traveling, I wasn't really using Airbnb. Um, okay. I was doing hostels and like... I, I think I guess they call them boutique hotels, but okay. like small home yeah, run kind of, kind of yeah, one and done. It's not right. like twenty seven floors and exactly. Okay. Um, but once I found out about Airbnb and it gained more popularity, that's mm-hmm. all I use now. I do. I refuse to give big chain hotels money. I feel like supporting a host is supporting a person of the community, right? Um, and to me, I just like to live amongst people. You know, in their everyday lives. That's what I loved about Cuba. Like, yeah. I was sitting on the terrace and I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm in Brooklyn or something. Right. Like, I'm just sitting here looking at other motherfuckers on their terrace. Like, it was like a grandfather and his grandson or a dad right. and his son. It was just like, you're just sitting up there together, just enjoying right. outside the same way I'm enjoying outside. Right. The kids outside running, people coming down the block with the radio playing stuff. Yeah. And it was just like, yo, this feels like home. I'm from right. Queens, so. Everybody swear I'm from Brooklyn. And it always, I don't want to say it offends me, but I'm like, <gasps> Don't say it offends you. It doesn't offend you. It you love it. But it's you just like, it. but I'm from Queens. Style. It's okay. You can totally be from Queens. We love people from Queens. New York is just. Y'all hate driving in Queens though. Y'all make sure to remind us of that. I mean, because I think the blocks are stupid, but that's Y'all besides the point. Y'all always like, do. <laughs> that's, uh, what else? But so, okay. If you, so you are planning on living abroad again. I am. Okay. So tell the people what that's about. The people, because um, <laughs> there's people now. Hi, the people. Um, so I have been accepted to dental school, hey, which right. has been my goal since college. But as mm-hmm. life would have it, you know, life has to happen in the way it has to happen. Right. Um, so now at 32, I'm finally working on becoming a dentist and I will be heading to Spain, especially España in the fall, um, Barcelona or Madrid. Okay. Haven't quite I thought I was leaning toward Barcelona, but I haven't quite made the decision yet. Um so we'll see. Mm-hmm. And what am I basing my decision on? Now I was basing it on beaches, but I, I realized the same. right, but then I realized like you need to study because it's hard. Okay. Um, you know, True. I was like, Neek, you need to like this is you're gonna be a doctor, so you right. have to take it seriously. Um, so yeah, it we'll see. But I think I'm still leaning toward Barcelona. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, like, if you can find peace, you can find concentration, I'm thinking. And if the beach is your peace, maybe. I, you know, in my head, I want that to work. But in real life, mm-hmm. I feel like that ain't going to be it. I'm going to have right. to find peace in the library. So, yeah. like, <laughs> that's just going to have to be what it is. And when do you, like, it's eight years, right? 
No. So, I mean, here in America, yes and no. Like, you usually have to go to college first, mm-hmm. and then you apply for, like, medical, dental, law school, whatever. Right. Um, so that, those together culminates in, like, seven to eight years of study. Okay. Um, but in Europe and most other places in the world, people usually go to professional school straight from high school. Yeah. Which makes sense, you know, if kind you know of. That if you, you know, right. Okay. If you know at a young age, that's what you want to do. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will probably be in school with 19-year-olds, but that's okay. Because it's not like you're going to look that much older than them. Girl, oh, I'm your 21-year-old friend. I right. am so flattered. You got I it. You got it. Because you know, black don't crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, nah. And that's usually how it is. So it's four years. Mm-hmm. It's four years. Five if I choose to take my prerequisites all over again, but I probably won't. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'll be there for four years. Come visit. Everybody come visit. Come visit. And I can't believe that. Like, and I was, um, when I went to Spain, I stayed in Baga, which is this little town mm. outside, like an hour outside Barcelona. Mm. And I learned so much that trip to Spain because I've only booked said hotel because they said they had an airport shuttle. Oh. Air quotes. Was this a lie? Yeah. Um, and of course, I booked the non refundable no cancellation oh. and then when i called to arrange said shuttle I was like oh no we don't have one you just, just take a taxi oh my so I'm god like, oh lies on the interwebs oh 90 dollars later because oh, it was like 70 euros oh my god um one way one so 180 okay got it one got way it. so you spent 200 dollars to get to and fro i spent so much on taxis in Spain. But really? that was because I was so far. Mm. And I ended up um, not being able to really experience Barcelona the way I perceived what my trip was going to be because mm-hmm. of the financial weight of getting there. Mm. So I ended up going to like the city mm-hmm. of like the little space that right. I was in, like their main strip. And it felt like, I don't know, maybe like not even as popping as like Green Acres. <laughs> it felt like Sunrise Highway, if you like will. Sunrise Highway. That, yeah, it was like walking around here on one of the side blocks where it's just like, mm, this is not uh, very exciting. It felt like I was on like, maybe like Fulton. Fulton? In and Brooklyn? I'm just like, mm-hmm. Damn. So I'm like, hmm, this so is a little underwhelming. I mean, but you know what? Truth be told, like every trip is not a successful trip. And I think that's what people should know about traveling like sometimes you fuck up and make wrong decisions you learn along the way you You gotta take a lesson from every different decision that's made and you know from whatever those i don't want to say repercussions as if they're like you know negative outcomes all the time right but the but i ended up starting to say that because i went on a day tour while i was there and that was like another hundred dollar fucking taxi ride because i we were meeting in, in Barcelona. Barcelona. So went out there and this lady that I ended up staying, uh, sitting next to on the bus, mm-hmm. she was from Brazil hey. and she was actually in Barcelona because her husband was on a dental conference. Like they were at a dental oh. um, seminar kind of thing. And so while he was doing his dentist thing, she was just like, I might Let as well make the, but you know what I mean? I right. might as well make the most of my time. I'm out here with him. So we ended up doing um, another city. I think it's Lagagria or something like that. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's like Northern Spain. Mm-hmm. And then we did uh, uh, Andorra and France. So 
that was an incredible, phenomenal, incredible, incredible, incredible trip. So I think that was the first time I'd been to Europe and like in the French Pyrenees and like these snow capped mountains. And then there's like these little quaint little towns. Oh, felt like, like pictures with yeah. little lights from far away. Nice. And it was like, I felt like I was like Tessa de Uberville's. Like, that's what I envisioned, like, when I was reading. Right. And then it's just like, oh, but nigga, this out. Like, she was walking, like, from right. one, and this is like from this dude. And she went back home, and it was like, that would have been her house, like, when we passed the bus, like, right. an hour ago. And then she, like, in my head, she walked it or something crazy. So I had, like, this whole story playing in my head because. That's what it is. That's yeah, what it is. Yeah, so that was, uh, it was, that was a fun trip. And I ended up being able to spend one evening in Barcelona when we came back from the uh, tour it was maybe six between like six and eight or something like that mm-hmm. so there was more than enough like day left mm-hmm. or even you know time left in the evening and um the woman and I, I can't remember her name we ended up um going to somehow she found out about like this free ass like street fair or something always oh, got to be a brazilian and <laughs> we ended right <laughs> we ended up taking the metro and we um popped up by like the water mm-hmm. and and there was like a big ferris wheel and stuff that was further down so that was fun and it was really nice to see just regular people like right. it was just people from the community that had just came together and it was a bunch of like dancers it was a bunch of food vendors it was a bunch of little you know, like trinkets and touristy mm-hmm. stuff because tourists you right. know it's kind of like if you're in manhattan you're still gonna have people selling shit or whatever exactly but it was incredible and when i tell you i got so in my feelings watching like um the people dance because i used to dance and so we used to do like a lot of like community shows and mm-hmm. like retirement parties and weddings and stuff and so i'm like yo i wonder if anybody ever like came to see us and it was felt- just like like because one year we did harlem week right and so it's tourists and shit that do stuff Obviously. like that and so like oh new yorkers this is what the new york children look like when they <laughs> dance <laughs> the <New York children. laughs> just stupid oh. shit like that so i'm watching these people dance and i'm just like <sighs> I wonder if I've ever It's so anyone. funny. Like when you travel, the small things that kind of yes. like touch your heart. Like, and it's, it's it always comes unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just like you can be walking down the street and just honestly just looking around mm-hmm. and just being like, yo, I'm fucking here, bro. Because just that just the feeling of knowing that these things are possible. That shit is very moving. Yeah. Because it's not exactly something I saw right. for myself. Like, similar to you, it's just like, well, I don't got this kind of money. Or, right. you know, like, this, I just didn't, I don't have money for a travel agent. The flights are going to be mad expensive. Then what am I, where am I staying? Then I got to pay for food. Mm-hmm. And then I got to do stuff when I'm over there. And in my mind, it was just so inaccessible it, at the time. It was mm-hmm. one of those things where when you get the money or when you have the friends that know how to do it. And when, when this and this and this and this happens... Then, then I'll you be go. able like, to do it. All the pieces have to be perfect. Yeah. And I think once you travel a lot, you start to realize like, yeah, nah. Mm-hmm. Like I've traveled to places um, and haven't had any accommodation booked. And oh, girl. yeah, I know it's really risky, but I've done it. I have. And it's it's usually when I'm in a country already and I'm like taking a flight. Like Someplace when I was else. in Brazil, okay. I didn't 
I didn't plan to go to Rio, but I was like, oh, let me just go to Rio for the weekend. And I have nothing booked, but I booked my flight and I said, oh, I will find an Airbnb at some point. And then Mm -hmm. I found, I actually found one that was beautiful. And, you know, it's, I think there's also that sense of like risk taking that makes that, I mean, if you're into that shit, if you're not, if you're a very cautious person then you know, it, it ain't for you. But if you're the kind of person that's like, yeah, you know, I'll just find my shit when I get there. That's fun. Not for me. I learned that the hard way, Nabi. I learned that I was in the airport for like four hours, basically in tears. In London, I ended up flying in and it, I said, I'm going to try this whole shout out to Terry O because I had a friend of mine on uh, maybe like episode six or so. Mm -hmm. And um, Al, what is this? Like episode 32, 33? Live. Look at me like doing shit consistently. Double digits and Ooh. shit. Ow. This is this like the, this is like your, ver- Sean, what episode is this? Uh, 30, I think it's 32. Is it, is it, it's a sign. It's my age. Mm-hmm. It's a sign. This is my year. Well, it's almost over, but this is my year. <laughs> I'm excited about that. Hey, episode 32. Hey. <laughs> See, if, look at Kismet. This mm-hmm. is what it's, the things happen the way they ought to happen. It's true. It's true. So what the fuck was I saying? Um, you were talking about London. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. I was like, I'll figure it out when I get there. I'll just book an Airbnb mm-hmm. when I land. And um, because I wanted to try that level of spontaneity mm-hmm. and just risk taking and adventure. Yeah. And um that didn't go over well for me. Um, yeah, London is like New York. It's I think it's popular. Airbnbs book really fast. The it was me more in my head mm-hmm. when I got there. I had at that point overdrafted in the bank, and so oh. I was just like, "Yo, I have maybe one hundred fifty, three hundred dollars in cash on me." Mm-hmm. And it's like when I'm trying to book in advance, it's like you need a card. Right. And like my card that was attached to my Hostel World account was the one that was overdressed. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll just use my Amex. No international fees. Whoop. But of course, my, mad places don't take American Express. Everywhere. And so I'm just like, fuck y'all. Then I'm like, all right, so I got another card someplace. But then it's just like that extra step to like pull the card out. And then it's just like, it was just like at the moment for me, it was like, this, this too much. Just right. too much. So I just had to and I cried. Okay. And then um, my dad called though. And oddly enough, my dad is usually the worst person to try to make me feel pep talk me mm-hmm. um because he usually ends up like what the fuck are you crying for like i mean that's like me it's nothing to cry about like i <laughs> mean definitely like, me as a parent stop fucking you know, crying like, you done stuff like before and i'm like how is this helpful how is any of this he so did helpful. so well shout out pops appreciate you senior padre he really did such a great job just like you got a shorty what you need me to do you need me to send this all right well you're right calm mm-hmm. down don't worry about it i got you baby girl and i'm just like but i can do this myself i don't need your help it's okay i'm gonna figure it out okay he's like okay because usually he's like are you crying right <laughs> and so yeah that was it was one of those okay let's make one decision let's just charge our phone that's it and i had to really give myself a lot of grace and um, just, all right, so not everything is going to be pretty about traveling. Sometimes sure. it gets confusing and it got really overwhelming for me. And I was just like, so I learned. I like knowing what's, even if I book it the day before, I've done that comfortably. I yeah. ended up booking, um, I left Norway. I don't remember where I went after that, 
but I ended up booking my Airbnb like while I slept in the airport for like six hours. I mean, so, that's reasonable. Like, yeah. I, I don't know if I've ever actually landed and then looked for accommodation. I feel like that's mad. That's a level of risk taking I'm not at yet. But I jumped I, right to that. Right. <laughs> I was like, I did right it all in. on one trip. Right. I was just like, okay, so that dude at the airport, success. Right. Now let's just do it after the airport. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nah, I've never quite done that, but I have done like, Oh, like when I was in Malaysia and I decided to like take more flights, which Air Asia, shout out to Air Asia for having mad cheap flights to mm. fly all over Asia, like nice. between countries, $50, $100. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. So I booked some of those and I booked the accommodation like a day or two in advance. Okay. But same day, I wouldn't recommend it to the people. People. Um, Learn from my experience. <laughs> right. Learn from Anika's advice. Right. Yeah. yeah. Not everybody is um, Terry. So, cause he just showed up to California and was talking to the taxi drivers like, all right, so where do you suggest I stay? Wow. I, and I feel like maybe that's more of a man thing. I was going to say. Because I like, heard another gentleman tell me that him and his friends flew to, I think it was Thailand and they ended up just talking to the taxi driver and was like, all right, just take us to a hostel or just, wow. and I'm just. Yeah, nah. First, in my mind, first I'm like, all, no. What's your plan after dropping me at the hostel? Like, right. what hostel are you taking me to? Like, are you going to take me to the one where the people are going to follow me? Right. Are you going to take me to the one where they're not going to let me back out? Right. These are all the things that are going through my mind. I'm never necessarily thinking about those things, if I'm going to be honest. And maybe, <laughs> maybe I should be. Usually, I'm thinking about like, is the shower clean? Mm-hmm. Can I? Like, these are really things that I think about because I'm very particular I about. Water? Right. Well, I, I could do without so many things, but one thing I hate is like, I have a thing about feet and I hate tile. I like, my wear, feet. I wear flip tiles. Yeah. And Even so at hotels. That's what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about the toilet because when I was in Malaysia, um, the one of the places that I went, I actually took this 10 hour bus ride to get to this amazing dive site. Ooh. And along the way there were stops but the bathrooms were so disgusting actually it was like the the traditional toilets in the ground which is mm-hmm. fine i actually mm-hmm. like those better right but they were like in the dirt and then when i got to the accommodation it was like wow i didn't have flip flop like i almost died because i'm mad picky about in the shower like in my nakedness now am i gonna I'm touch right? the size of it right so this is that's really honestly the shower is my biggest concern because i gotta get in there i gotta wash my hair i gotta wash my ass mm-hmm. and now and my elbow you, keeps touching right, my i can't get clean that way right. like i gotta start from stock i gotta start right. from the top all over again right. <laughs> so i'm like oh god my butt cheek done touched this nasty mildew like i can't Ooh. yeah so that's only i'm never really thinking about like getting kidnapped i just feel like yo i'm i'm mad big so ain't, no, ain't nobody about to kidnap me like bitch you 5'10 200 pounds like who is going to throw you especially in Asia which which one of these little niggas is throwing you over their shoulder go try it right it ain't it ain't happening bruh so it's not and I'm never honestly besides that Mm mm-hmm experience in malaysia i never felt unsafe and i've been to like west africa on several occasions when people are like you know watch out and da, 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 and i never i've never felt unsafe in africa not one time mm-hmm. and i i don't know you know people i you know people like to make shit up it is got it is. and then i think also people that haven't experienced it for themselves are right. just basing it off of the most sensational story that they've heard right. it's like well you know what i heard from over there <clears throat> I don't know if you want to go there because then blah, 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 blah. It's right. just like, oh, so was that what happened when you went? 
No? Oh. No, not at all. Okay, well, I'm going to just kind of go by someone that's been there. I know. Thanks. Appreciate your concern, perhaps. I know. That's how it was when I was in Cameroon. The uh, agency that I was volunteering with, they warned us. Go there. Okay, so you've done mission trips as well. I have, yeah. How did those go? They were amazing. I did one okay. in Cameroon and one in Guinea. I want to go to Cameroon. According to Ancestry DNA, that's one of the places that's where your I'm from. is from? Yeah, it's you like Cameroon, go. Congo, um, Ivory Coast, and someplace else. Yeah, Cameroon is beautiful i saw like one of the people i actually met in guinea she's in cameroon well she was excuse me in ivory coast right now and i was looking at her pictures and i was like yo this shit looks so bomb so definitely but i loved cameroon had a really good time guinea um no offense to anybody from guinea but i just i wouldn't go back personally it wasn't one of my favorite trips beautiful people great food just not my kind of country okay what was it what 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 about it was it that you didn't like um to be honest with you, it was the first time in my life that I that I realized that I was like really spoiled rotten American. Mm-hmm. There, it's just the country literally has no infrastructure, um, and it's it's just a very impoverished country. And so, like basic things that you would think that you would have access to, mm-hmm. it's just like. And I went to the fish market and it was just like so filthy. The lady was dragging fish on the ground. I was like, oh my God, like this can't be real. This, yeah, nah. But again, beautiful people, amazing food, phenomenal food I ate. Um, But it's, yeah. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, it was a rough time. It was a rough realization. Like, yo, like niggas is really out here with no shoes and I'm out here visiting your country. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. I can understand that. Yeah. So when you went to West Africa in particular, because I'm thinking, and I had mentioned this in an episode before, it's like I paused because I'm definitively, first of all, I feel like I speak with my face. So Facebook, <laughs> you feel me, eh? But podcasts, mm-hmm. not so much. Um, I definitely want to communicate what it is that is in my mind. Words mean things. Thank you, Crystal. Um, so that you understand what, thought processes in terms of doing the mission trips are they flexible not i don't want to say flexible but time because they're telling you this is when we're going are you interested in going but then do they facilitate the uh vaccines that you need do they kind of hold your hand through the visa sit like paperwork or do you kind of do all of that on your own and then kind of just show up with them um so it depends on what organization you choose to volunteer with. Uh, I think each one is different. Mm-hmm. So I can only speak on the one I did. So I did one is called Mercy Ships. And um, they have an amazing, first of all, the concept is amazing. They have this huge ship. It's like a cruise ship. And the ship docks in one country for 10 months. And they provide services to the people in that country. Mm. Um, And on the ship, it's a hospital ship. So the hospital's on the ship. The dental crew, however, we leave um, the ship and we go to a local clinic. And that's where we provide work. And they have optometry, this, that, and a third. So do they walk you through the visa process? Yes. Okay. Um, The way it works is you go, you fill out an application. Someone reviews your application. And then if you're selected, Mm -hmm. you'll go through the interview process. Yeah, there's a process. You'll go through the interview process. And then after the interview process they'll ask you for paperwork. They do everything that needs to be done. In terms of the um, vaccines, they do send you a list of everything that you need. And then it's your responsibility to get the vaccines. Um, 
which is generally not an issue. The only one that's an issue here in America, specifically New York, is yellow fever. Um, they it's don't. Hard to get by yeah, it's hard to find it. They don't have it, and then they they're like, "Oh, we have the European version," and I'm like, "I'll take it." Um, and normally for these vaccines, insurance doesn't cover. Right. So what I did is I went to um, uh, what's the hospital in the Bronx? It's like Bronx. Is it Bronx, Lebanon? Girl, one of them. I've been to the Bronx like twice. Right. It was one of them hospitals in the Bronx. It's a public hospital and they have a travel clinic. Oh. Yeah. They have a travel clinic where they provide. Maybe yes. I write that down. Right. Um, and it's a travel doctor and they provide, they just, you know, they, they're familiar with the process. So they just ask you where you're going. Oh, nice. If it's in the malaria belts or the malaria region, they'll give you that. Vac- they'll give you those prophylaxis as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, like they, it, it was really good. And then once you arrive and you, you know, you book your flight and arrive, everything is waiting, your visa, everything. And they send you all the stuff you need in advance. So there's not, like, I didn't really have to stress myself out doing okay. anything because they've built a rapport with the government in the country. So, so they, they know have, what you're showing up. For. Right. Like when and you get off, there's someone, I guess, waiting for you after you get through exactly, customs and all yep. that to help facilitate that. Yeah. And they have their own like special mercy ships visa. Mm. So that's yeah. what you're, okay. Yep. I'm I would love to do that but the process of it kind of intimidates me. I'm trying mm-hmm. to maybe just do more travel travel have fun 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 and then maybe embark upon the whole giving back or maybe just try to implement more um what's the word I'm looking for um give back on Mm-hmm. A fun travel, like just spend a day actually doing something useful to the community that I'm in versus mm-hmm. just like, you know, drinking and, you know, <laughs> and having a good, randomly, having fun, you know, on like holiday. vacationing, you on mean, vacation. like vacationing. Yeah, basically, basically. Yeah, it's totally possible. We did um, when well, my cousin and I, we went to Tanzania like a few years ago and we did like a day where we went to um, a school. It was an all girls school. Mm-hmm. Was it an all girls school? I feel like it. No, I'm lying. There were boys there. Okay. It was actually just a school. And um, I think we we spoke to them and it was like notebooks and book bags. And then one of the people that we met over there, shout out to Tony Montana. Um, <laughs> I mean, excuse me, Tito Montana. Um, he actually did a shoe drive. And I okay. think he went back and he, you know, he's mm-hmm. been working with that school. So, yeah, it's totally possible. Like if you okay. find a contact on the ground, you can do some philanthropy while drinking. Okay. Yeah. And having a vacation. Yeah. I think also that would, definitely be a trip that i would be 100 percent open to going on with someone i don't right. think that i would do that solo yeah. i feel like that would make it a little more uh maybe less intimidating to me yeah because at this point i don't i'm trying to think of what else i would find intimidating in terms of travel yeah i mean i mean intimidating I don't really know either, actually. I think once you've traveled alone, like finding stuff that like scares you is. I think the the construction of it, like the confounds of this is what you're responsible for. This is what you have to do. This is Mm -hmm. what I'm, um, you know, expecting of Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. is what kind of keeps me from really just jumping into it. Because Mm -hmm. it's like so far anywhere I've been, I've been able to do what I want, when I want, how I want and for how long I want. And for the most part, that's why I prefer solo travel, because I don't have to have this conversation with anybody about, okay, well, what are you? You're thinking early tomorrow? You're going to get up or, you know, are you feeling all right tonight? Like, so because it's 
seven o'clock too early for you kind of start time right so okay are we gonna do breakfast here we're going someplace else for breakfast Mm -hmm. little things like that i don't you just want to go with the flow. I feel yep. you. Yeah, I mean, on mission trips, there's definitely... It's it's a whole different vibe. If you're going on just a mission trip, there's work. Like, when yeah. I went on mine, I had to wake up at 6 every day to be at the clinic by 7.30. Like, mm-hmm. th- there's a work, a definite work schedule. We're done by 2. Okay. And, you know, terrible. 2 or 3. Um, So, that's a totally different... But when you go for that purpose, you have that in mind. Yeah. But, to be honest with you, I... Went on the mission trips not knowing that I would have mad fun. Right. And on my okay. my last trip, I met an awesome group of people and getting like when I tell you amazing, even um the one of the volunteer coordinators was like, This is the best group oh, wow. that we've had in a long time. So, you know, it's a good time. Um, but if you don't want to go on a whole mission trip, I would mm-hmm. definitely advise going somewhere and then just like doing a day. That's what we did in Tanzania, just one day. Okay. Yeah. I think I would probably look into something I could do with a reputable if you will or at least co-signed organization because i would hate to go into like a smaller community or just someplace a little off my general path if you will Mm -hmm. and then find myself kind of like stuck someplace because you know there was a lack of preparation on like okay so another thing okay that's one thing that does still kind of like I guess intimidate me about travel is I've been wanting to try a bus trip someplace. I had a friend of mine meaning what, recently exactly, fly like into City? Mexico and then take a bus to Belize. Oh, and yes. I've just been really apprehensive about taking like an what? overnight bus, or like a 10 hour bus from one place to another place. One, because it's fucking 10 hours. There's that. I've done. And this. then I feel like you have to have an extensive amount of time in a location for that to be, um, I guess, a little more beneficial. Like if I'm there for five days, seven days, I feel like spending 10 hours on a bus is a bit much. Like I would rather oh, just yeah. fly and just like, let me use my time here a little in my mind wisely. Cost efficient. But then I'm like, what if the bus gets hijacked? Or what if the bus oh, falls God. off a cliff? You're one of those or people. Is- <laughs> I, don't, I ain't never thinking about shit like that. I'm just thinking about when we gonna stop to pee, eat, that. and do and do shit like that. But like crying babies on the bus, right? Oh. But if you're only there for like four or five days, it doesn't make yeah. sense. But if you go on a long, like when I did that ten hour bus ride, I was on an eighteen day right situation, and that's when it makes sense right. to do. Yeah, and some places the bus route is just much more scenic and. In Beautiful. hindsight, I'm thinking like I've the whole day tour t- when I was in Europe when we did Andorra and France was a fucking bus trip. Yeah, it was a ten hour. You're literally on the bus for ten hours. See, you same thing trip. I did in Norway when I did the Northern Lights. It was like a ten hour bus trip. Oh, you got to see the mm-hmm. lights. We got gypped, yo. The weather was bad and we ain't see nothing. Was it amazing, best, bruh? I feel jealousy in my bruh. heart. In my heart, it was. And I had a contract then. Damn. Can you imagine saying your contract like under oh, the fucking and star? Lights. And I love stars. I'm down. Everything celestial. I am about the night sky. Mm. And it's the whole point in the tour that I I chose the Chasing Lights tour. And I definitely recommend that to anybody that's trying to see the Northern Lights in a limited amount of time. Like, would it be beautiful to do one of those igloos with the glass ceiling kind of thing? Of course it would. But I had like two days in Norway. Right. So I booked an Airbnb where reviewers had said that they were able to see the lights from the house. And then I didn't see them from the house. But 
my my uh, host, when mm-hmm. I tell you she was one of the best hosts I ever had. Really? She was so warm and accommodating. First of all, I got in, I want to say, on maybe a Sunday. Mm-hmm. And um, she took me to the grocery store. No, I got in on a Saturday, like a late Saturday night, like eight o'clock. She picked me from the airport. She was like, well, you know what? It's actually going to be a what? little late. So do you want me to just come pick you up this way? You don't have to worry about trying to find a taxi so late in the evening. I was like, oh, the, the night. Yeah, sure. Thank sure. you. Pick me up. And she was like, well, do you want to stop at the grocery store? Because tomorrow everything's really closed. So wow. if you'd like to get something to eat, it'll be really difficult to do. So mm. uh, sure, sis, thanks. Took me to the grocery store. Which was kind of difficult trying to decipher everything based on pictures. Sometimes you don't realize how dependent on reading stuff that you are mm-hmm. when you're used to being able to speak the language. Yep. And even in Spanish, I can kind of muddle through some things and you know, right. I can understand certain things. But I'm looking at this shit. I'm like, I don't fucking understand anything about Norwegian. Right. That and shit I'm just looks like, like so, I mean, alien. I see their noodles, but I don't know what the... Google, Google Translate is so clutch because there is a feature that you just hold the Lies. phone. Yes. You hold the phone over the words and really? it translates it right onto the screen into English for you. That is now, phenomenal. It's not at, because keep in mind, like subject verb is a little mm-hmm. off in right. certain places, but you get the gist of what the fuck. Boil the water first, then put that it in the noodles. You so see what I'm useful. saying? My first six months in Korea when I was struggling Yo. to figure out what the fuck is all of this in the grocery uh-huh. store. Uh-huh. So she did that for me. Then we got back. She was like, all right, you'll settle in. I'm actually going to make some pizzas. You want to come upstairs and join me for bitch, dinner? You made, bitch, making pizzas? Nigga, she made two from pizzas. She, yes from scratch i was thinking I she was upset. popping in some DiGiorno or some shit i came upstairs because nah. i had i had temporarily lost my phone which is not very it's not characteristic of me i don't really lose things mm-hmm. but i remember hearing something drop and i thought it was just the seatbelt hitting the car but actually my phone fell out the pocket mm-hmm. so i'm looking through all of my shit and i'm just like all right so i know i have my phone because i contacted her when i got here so it's someplace i really hope it's not in the grocery store i know it's not because i remember looking at it when i was converting waiting at the um the register mm-hmm. anyway so i had to say she made pizza from scratch we sat drank wine and we talked for like maybe two three hours wow. over wine and pizza and then i just went downstairs took my ass to bed and it was this really beautiful window like right in front of the bed and i'm looking you at the lights the from this for city this for said Airbnb. i got you I and the next day super hosting okay her name was tone hey, her tone. name was tone she's such a phenomenal phenomenal person because tone sound like she from brooklyn Nah, she was a white lady. I want to say she might have been Italian or something like that. But so beautiful house, by the way, also Mm. incredible house. And so I'm walking through the house. And so, you know, you mind other people's business because it's like I'm about to live here for two days, you know. So I'm just looking at the pictures on the wall. And there's a picture of a black man on the wall. And it turns out she was married to an African dude. She had, they had, you know, a daughter. And she was telling me about her daughter. So sadly, you know, her husband had passed um, a couple years uh, before him. But it was just like, yeah, okay. So I feel like I'm at like my auntie house or my cousin house. Like she ain't new to the culture, essentially. You know what I mean? So it's like, I guess that may have been like another reason why I felt so comfortable in her space. Like Mm -hmm. the energy there was warm you know what i mean it was accepting and it just felt comfortable and it was a beautiful little basement apartment and you know it was so beautiful and say i like to say she ended up dropping me off at the spot to do the tour like when i didn't have to pay for not a taxi i didn't she didn't ask for anything extra she was just 
a beautiful, kind person. Shout out to Tone. Word, word. Super like, host in Norway. Okay. It's <laughs> like, and that's another reason why I will continuously go back to Airbnb because the people a lot of time just make the trip for you. Like it's mm-hmm. that extra little bit of that goes into someone saying, well, you're welcome to my home. Like you're here with me. How can I facilitate a good time for you? Right. As opposed to you go to a hotel and you call down, you know, the, ho- the guests and they're really nice because... They Thank have you, to be hospitality. Right. But it's different when you're in someone's house and they do the extra. I mean, it was a bathrobe. There was there was slippers. You know right. what I mean? Like great stay. So I booked the Chasing the Lights tour because they specifically go from more than one location. Right. And it wasn't like we're going to drive four hours from the city and then sit here and wait and hopefully they come out. Mm-hmm. There were like four different points that they stopped along the way. Mm hmm. And they had like a home base that was tracking the lights to see what areas were more likely to have the best uh, visibility. This is smart. So this is smart. they had us on the bus and they were like, all right, so, you know, they do their whole spiel about the lines, blah, 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 blah. And so you start heading out and they say, all right, well, we got a report or we got a call back. This is going to be like the better spot for right now. We'll go check it out. So you get there and it starts off a little bit faint. And also you have to give your eyes time to adjust. Mm. So you're looking at it for like the first 30 minutes and it's like, oh, it's so pretty. And then all of a sudden, like 45 minutes into it, it's just like not only did things get like more clear, but it's like now you're adjusted to looking at right. things at night. Wow. And it was just phenomenal I, f- I still feel jealous in my heart in my heart yeah but i feel Oof. like one day i will see them yeah you definitely will and there's different places like i was considering uh sweden as mm-hmm. well but i'd had uh my uncle lived in europe for a while and i was talking to one of his friends and he was t- between the two of them they were saying like they had a better experience with the nords versus like swedish people oh, like really? they they just felt like norway was a more interesting they didn't feel i guess as other oh i can see that i haven't done a lot of europe specifically for that reason Mm. um yeah i just it doesn't i'm not compelled to travel and my friend brenda shout out to brenda she's always like what you mean you want to travel to where like you don't want to go to france i'm like i said i don't want to go it's just just, it ain't on my list it's like if somebody is like okay well i'm going i got this really popular airbnb or i got this little spot like come with me i'll go but it's not like i would never be like oh i'm planning to go to paris or no desire i want to see the louvre because i like museums but other than that, I mean, they did parts of the Da Vinci Code there. So I'd yeah. like to go f- to see those spots. And right. That's it. I feel and I've always felt too like Europe is where you go when you're an adult, like a real adult. Mm. That's where people go on their. Bi- right. They have the right. Exactly. The and the, right. Like oh, you're married snap, and you have snap, children and, wine, and, you, and you're just you go to your summer home in the south of France. You know, like those are places see, I, I just do don't someplace feel other than Paris. Right. I just don't. I've And it's not I have nothing against Europe. I'm, I have been. Um, I just it doesn't move mm-hmm. my yeah. insides like Africa. I like, do. See, I've only done. Um, what's the Africa? That's not really Africa. But Egypt. It's Africa. Basically, I was in um, <laughs> Africa. Egypt is Africa, and Egyptians will tell you they are African. They are they they feel. What the fuck is this? Ca- Casablanca. Jesus Christ. Oh, Morocco. Morocco. Oh, we so, went to Morocco. Ali left. My uncle almost moved to Morocco, which would have been clutch. I'm pretty sure my uncle is still watching. Hey, um, it's so, time to move. It's time to move. I mean, it's time today. Today, if you're still feeling so compelled, right? So, um, did you I, like Morocco? I had 21 hours there. 
Oh, okay. And another incredible host. Uh, mm-hmm. She did, uh, I had to book, not a book, but like I paid for a tour with her. Mm-hmm. But she cultivated it to my likes mm-hmm. and to the things I was interested in. So we started at like a little museum thing. Mm-hmm. And then we just basically walked around. But we walked like seven miles, nine miles that day. What? And it was like eight hours, nine hours of her what? just taking me out. We went to this market. Hell no. Morocco is mad hot. What time of year you went? Because it, it was, was like 9,000 degrees. It was January. We it was perfect. When I tell you I had the perfect weather that trip, Never. it was incredible. Never. I ended up doing Qatar and I got to walk in the desert like with no shoes. Because it was just like, honestly, this is kind of strange because it's usually too hot to take your shoes off. Mm. But I lucked out. Like that, when I tell you the weather on that leg of all of it was Never. just. Ugh, we was in Morocco so sweating, my ah. nigga. As soon as we walked out the door, sweat everywhere. It was so hot. And of course, I had the, I had the, uh, the long sleeves on because I'm ne- like... What? Sleeves? Never. Dead. I realized how much of an American I am when I was trying to like pack for that trip because mm-hmm. I'm like... All right, so these shorts are a nod. Yeah. Crop nah. tops are fuck nah. Nope. All right. It's caftans so. all day. I have like 400 of them. And whenever I go somewhere that requires modesty, I just throw them on. They're mm-hmm. comfortable. They're yes, airy. They breathe. They're stylish. And, you know, you could just throw on your little shorts underneath or whatever. Yeah, and kick it. You'd be and good. Kick it. And good. But. Where can the people find you and see more about when you become a dentist and uh-huh. be in Spain uh-huh. and we can travel with uh-huh. you? Um, the people can find me on Instagram. Um, I am Mamanique. That's M as in Mary, A, M as in Mary, A, N as in Nancy, E, E underscore K. That is me. Okay. Um, and yeah, I'm on Facebook, Anika Jacobs. And what do you kind of have... Um, Before I ask you what you have coming up, what is a sentiment of travel that you want to leave the listeners with? Oh, that is a very tough question. Um, A sentiment of travel. Hmm. I think my sentiments would be to... Or even like if you have a travel quote that you go to or... A sentiment of travel. Yeah, I do have a travel quote. I have to look. It's an Anthony Bourdain quote that I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. The one where he talks about like, just go. Mm-hmm. You know, I encourage you to go as far and as wide and as often as you can. Yeah. And that is my favorite. He was actually one of, I never knew him, but he was one of my favorite people because I just felt like he embodied. Mm-hmm. He was the inspiration by so much of my longing to want to see the world. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, I remember when I was in high school, I would just sit, you know, summers, you ain't doing shit. Right. You ain't got no money. You young. You can't party yet. Mm -hmm. So I'm just sitting there watching the travel channel, seeing this man travel the world and eat this amazing shit. And I'm like, yo, how can I do what he does? And so I think he he was really an inspiration for me. And it was it was really sad to lose um, someone so great. But I think that that quote, you know. I don't know it exactly, but it's something about traveling as far as wise and yeah. often. Um, and I would encourage everyone to do that, especially if you're young and you don't have children. If you are 25 and you don't have any children and any real responsibility, I cannot understand for the life of me why you are choosing the struggle. Yes. Go see the world. See it. Mm-hmm. Because there's this. You know what my mom said to me when I left for Korea? She asked me, um, you know, if I was going to make it a year, whatever, whatever. And then she was like, listen, Brooklyn is always going to be here. Mm -hmm. 
them same motherfuckers that you left on the corner, they're going to be right on the corner they when are. you come back. Nothing is going to change. So go. Go see the world. And there was a point where I, want, I was going to come home. She was like, ain't no need for you to come home. Ain't shit to see here. Go on your trip. Mm-hmm. And so the, those are my sentiments. Where you come from will always be there because it's home. Right. So go see somewhere else. Yeah. No. Oh, sure. This was <laughs> such a good episode. Hey. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I'll have our, um, say the Instagram for me. Instagram. Hey, ain't going to be in the links at the bottom <laughs> of the page. Um, yeah, so all the stuff will be there. Um, I don't know how you can look it up on other platforms, but I know in iTunes, because iTunes is what I fucks with, you can just go to the description. And well, I'll have the links for both of our Instagram pages. Um, you know, talk to us. Let us know how you felt about the episode, what you liked, uh, maybe what you didn't like. I don't think you're going to have anything that you Nothing, didn't like. Nothing, obviously. You know, whatever. So, yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.